Hey y'all, welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank. Today I'm joined by Jonathan. Hey, hey y'all. We got Daniel. Hello. And Kevin. What's up? We're going to be going over some new trailers, DC movie news, Amazon grabs God of War, and much more. But we're going to kick things off talking Star Wars versus Star Trek. I want to know, what future world would you rather live in? Star Wars or Star Trek? Kevin, we're going to start with you, man. Star Wars is a little too exciting for my blood. Um, (laughs) Star Trek is that idyllic future where you're still trying to figure out how to further advance life um, and figure out where you can fit in without having to worry about the rat race, you know, working nine to five. You don't have to worry about bounty hunters all the time, that kind of stuff. There's still (laughs) dangers with the Borg and all that. But Star Trek for me, 100 percent, I've always just wanted to whether or not I was captaining a ship or just like freelancing. I want to live in that future. Star Wars is just a little too much, too flashy uh, for me personally. Star Trek is where it's at for sure. Replicators, transporters. Yeah. Oh, man. Holodecks. Heck yeah. Uh, Star Wars is all about like literal war in space. I mean, constant death. And even those people that are living, you know, relatively safely are not living very comfortably. Not, you know, uh, it's not the glimmer of hope that Star Trek is where, you know, we can eventually find peace and yeah there's still some wars and battles and stuff in star trek but they're exploring new worlds and getting to know new new cultures and there's that intertwining of different species instead of just you don't look like me so we're going to kill each other uh so yeah i think star trek is a lot better potential future and star trek portrays itself as our future while star wars is a galaxy far far away John and I, <laughs> John and I also just got done recording a Star Trek podcast episode. So yeah, a little <laughs> bit biased. I will yeah. say, just a little bit biased. A little biased. What are you thinking over there, Daniel? I want to fly, and you know what, Star Trek. I don't think I'm gonna be able to fly unless I'm like one of top dogs. So I want to. I'm going with Star Wars. Hopefully, I get a little extra life just in case. You know, I die, I could come back. <laughs> I, I yeah okay I see what you're it's a lot easier to get into this, like random flying machine in Star Wars than it is in Star Trek yes and it would be dope to fly and kind of fight I'll probably die but it would be <laughs> a lot of fun and exploring Wait, like everything it, quick question if you don't want to die but you would like to fly who has the technology to provide that with a holodeck well that's uh, true holodeck yeah, kind of cheese everything true, I guess <laughs> you can play Star Wars within the holodeck in Star Trek exactly <laughs> yeah hey, I like how true. like how earnest Daniel's answer was, was like I just want to fly for me I like in Star Wars there's like there's magic and it's obtainable like if you were to just mm-hmm. study hard enough you can be magical so I like that about Star Wars Star Trek's great and all but, but we mostly just see the military side of things well you know whatever the science side of it yeah. um and in Star Wars, it's just like, look, work real hard, focus on yourselves. In like 20 years, you could be magical. And I just think that's freaking neat that there's like, that's obtainable by everybody it, for the is, most part. Is that true? Everybody's born with the ability to learn the force? Well, let me uh, push up my nerd glasses here. There's metachlorians and everything living. Yeah. And so if you can push and pull on those metachlorians and embrace the dark side, go fast forward mode, then yeah, you're fine. Yeah, yeah, it's totally possible. Uh, but yeah. I didn't realize everybody's born with the ability to manipulate the metachlorians. I'm sure. I'm sure in some canon that's either been erased or been reestablished recently, everyone can be, or it uh, has to be born with it. I'm sure there's like different ways of looking at it, depending on who you talk to. But maybe he's born with it. Maybe it's metachlorians. Though I do like the fact is this is a terrible you know fact of our markets or whatever our world we live in that disney owns 
uh, Star Wars, and they just got so much money. They could do so much awesome things with it. So that is a big plus to Star Wars right now. Yeah, it just looks prettier. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they just have, they can make, I mean, Paramount is doing a good job with uh, Star Trek and expanding it and making more series. Uh, but Disney, I mean, they just got, I, I don't know, I assume they have a lot more money because they're making additions to their theme parks and, right. you know, so much more content that we can enjoy. Speaking of Star Wars and Disney, let's go ahead and get into the news. We have two brand new trailers. We're going to break down the Obi-Wan Kenobi first. Kevin, you're kind of a Star Wars expert around here. Can you tell us what you think of this trailer? You're this expert amongst us. <laughs> I thought the trailer was really, really well put together. Um, it teases just enough without giving very much away. Uh, yeah. Seeing Obi-Wan on Tatooine and then maybe on another planet afterwards, seeming like he's... I don't know about that. Yeah, I'm a little worried about that. It seems like he's kind of going off on his own mission and letting Luke kind of do his own thing while he's growing up. It seems a little sketchy, but I'm mm -hmm. super interested. This is a great trailer. It was the perfect amount of tease, I thought, and I'm super yeah. excited for it. What's your favorite part of this? I'll start off. Mine is the introduction to Inqui of Inquisitors in like the mainstream media because I've they're so badass. Yeah, I freaking love that. My favorite part of this trailer, though, wasn't that. It was the inclusion of the Duel of the Fates music. Yes. That oh, man, was... I even mentioned that on Twitter. Like, the music right away. <laughs> oh, just hearing that is just so good. But yeah, you're right about the Inquisitors. It's great to get live-action Inquisitors. I think we we haven't seen them live-action yet, have we? Not, not that I could think of. That's what I was trying to... I was like, I don't even think they've been in, like, Mandalorian. Right, no. Um... Yeah, this is so, going to be the first time because they're in the the in between the prequels and the sequels. And that's what this is. So, yeah, yeah that's that's awesome. They're in uh, Jedi Fallen Order. They're in Rebels um, and Forced Unleashed. Yeah, that's not canon. So I wasn't going to count it. But <laughs> see, this is what I'm saying. Canon it depends on what day of the week it is. So let me right. play uneducated geek. Are these the guys with the white face? Yes. The Inquisitors yeah. and the big, big hat dealio. Wait, like white face, like Natalie well, Portman, white face, like that one. No, in the trailer. No, I no, am I so know. lost in what Natalie Portman's white face. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> when she was like wearing the fucking paint. Queen Amidala. Queen Amidala. Yeah. That's, that's a whole, no, she's not no, Naboo. No, she's not, okay, these yeah, are Nabooians or Nabooians yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I seen the trailer. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Like, I'm excited for it, but I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Daniel's like, is that Natalie Portman's uncle? <laughs> I'm surprised. Uh, I can't wait. The Inquisitors are uh, very strong in the dark side of the Force, but they're not Sith. They're basically yeah. assassins mm -hmm. for the Sith that are trained to hunt down and kill the remaining Jedi after mm -hmm. Order 66. So the one that you saw with like the, the lightsaber, he holds it in the middle and it's like spinning around really fast. He's mm -hmm. the, the, I think he's the Grand Inquisitor is his name. Uh, he's in Rebels as well. Mm -hmm. So mm, okay. it's, it's yeah. cool to see this in live action. I'm, I'm pumped. Nice. I like the idea of the Inquisitors where it's like, look, you can get enlightened and become like this amazing Sith person, or we could teach you how to kick somebody's ass by pushing something hard enough. It's like just teaching like the raw cut version of Sith techniques and how to fight with a saber just enough to slice through somebody. Like it's it's mm -hmm. just so raw, uncut version of of a Jedi or Sith person that yeah, as an Inquisitor, and they embrace hate because it's like, like again, like we're the Sith, like you're using your hate, you're like you're weaving with it. The Inquisitors are like just hate, 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 hate enough to where that force is like pouring out of you, and then yeah, you just aim it in a direction, and that's usually the Jedi or the poor town that they're staying in, and it's like ah, Inquisitors are awesome in that way. They're just like 
really badass. <laughs> um, anything else from this trailer that needs to be mentioned? I mean, we got little Luke Skywalker out there pretending to be flying around in an X-Wing. Or uh, maybe not even an X-Wing, really actually probably a TIE fighter. We see what's going to be like the the Obi Wan becoming old Ben time frame, right? Where he's yeah. kind of overseeing Luke, but not very active in his growth at the time until he's a little bit older, and then you know gets into the Force. But trying to learn from his past mistakes on how to be overbearing with the Force, or you know Jedi teachings and kind of teaching from afar or something like that. Yeah. What about you, Daniel? Uh, I just uh, had a question. Uh, did they say how many uh, episodes they're gonna be? Or I'm not sure. Six idiot. was the. It might be six, might be ten. Kind of like in that area. I would predict it's I around it's there. Ten. Six is too short. It is too short, these, in my opinion. These shows are so good. We need, yeah, we need at least at least ten episodes. Come on, guys. It's the budget. It's hard because they they put so much work budget and like the story is very concise. Six episodes yeah. is perfect for two per act, and that like that's kind of how they do things. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I I actually think we're gonna get Qui Gon Jinn in this as well. Mm-hmm. which would I make agree. me That'd so happy and so we'll see him as like ghost because that was hinted by yoda again I'm, I'm not the expert guys that was hinted by yoda <laughs> like go train and there's this new thing qui-gon and um it, oh, it, god i'm such a like a nerd over the fact that like i mean this is geek freak so obviously but like that part <laughs> where <laughs> anakin's like killing the tuscan raiders and then you hear that screaming or that yell and it's actually qui-gon's yell like no i've lost him oh that just like it still gives me goosebumps thinking about it. it's so freaking cool <laughs> And so I'm really wanting more of that. Qui-Gon to me is the unsung hero, the guy that knew the Jedi had lost their way and was trying to tell them. And uh, they just were not listening. And God, it's just so freaking cool. We need more Qui-Gon Jin. I just love him. Maybe a, a side story where Qui-Gon secretly started a small community to train the new order of Jedis in you know the right way or something like that. And then that yeah. branches off into a whole different story. Yeah. And I then think like Ahsoka the best- finds them. <laughs> <laughs> I think the best potential thing about this show is that it's going to redeem the prequels in the minds of people that still yes. don't care for them. Um, I, I think it's going to add enough to the story to make people appreciate, like you were saying with Qui-Gon, but if, especially Anakin. I think uh, having Hayden Christensen reprise his role as Darth Vader is going to be fantastic and is going to help him both, uh, both him out and us out in terms of liking the prequels, finally. Yeah, and it might actually help with that transition from prequel version of Darth Vader to old school Darth Vader because it's it's hard to make that jump sometimes. When you watch like Darth Vader in the original movies, you're like, yeah, he's so big and foreboding. And then you look back at like, man, you know, Anakin was kind of whiny here and there. And, you know, God, we all hate his little love scenes and stuff. So uh, it's a little tough, but I think it'll, we've been hearing from the set that everybody's like, man, this Vader is dark. It's powerful. So, yes, of course, it's from the set, so it's kind of part of advertising, but uh, I'm really excited for it. I think it's going to be really good. Let's move on to Star Trek. We got Star Trek, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, uh, this new trailer. Jonathan, can you break this down? What's your first initial reaction? Oh, I love it. We're finally, we're in the time that, that our world can provide this kind of a story. So, old Star Treks, we, we're watching them all the time now, especially, but when they're landing on some foreign planet or something like that, it's a it's a like a painted image or a still photo or you know maybe they can CGI a small shuttle taking off in the distance or something like that and they do their best in the time to make it look unique and like an alien planet and stuff like that. Our modern CGI just makes such gorgeous landscapes. I yes. can't believe what they can show in this. It to I mean and they use some of our natural world and then can overlay on it and stuff. 
but yeah, it's time now we can can just make anything that people can imagine. Uh, we can create it. So I'm excited. I love the different landscapes that we see in this, and I think I hope that's a lot of what it is. Is you know every episode they're going to a different place and yeah. trying to just learn what is this people and this planet and these you know plants and animals and how do we interact with them and you know learn lessons of hey maybe we shouldn't uh, go everywhere or affect other cultures you know the way humans tend to do uh, but yeah it looks really good i can't wait yeah i i do want them to use some like real earth locations as well that's part of my favorite part of tos when you're like oh, okay that's clearly this one mountain that's real famous from other movies or something like that of course we're all thinking of that one fight but uh and they also use the same cave for everything <laughs> like it's, like it's it. amazing how they're like okay well now dress up this cave so it looks like it's a ship somehow they do that often yeah. on tos uh but yeah you're right it is gorgeous i like that we see anton mount already like horseback which is mm -hmm. from you know basically the forgotten scenes of the pilot which was used later on um i'm talking to trek freaks about this you guys all know this uh <laughs> so it, it's just cool to see that they actually they're actually like really farming some content on pike and Anson Mount, I love Hell on Wheels so much. So the fact that he's on horseback again, it's kind of got that vibe going. Uh, it should be really good. I'm excited about that. Uh, what do you think, Kevin? I, it, it's hard. I'm very much anticipating this show, but it's hard to answer how much I like this trailer right after seeing and talking about the Obi-Wan trailer. Yes. I think the yeah. Obi-Wan trailer really overshadowed this one because it's a much better put together trailer than this strange new worlds one is because this was like a tease of a tease yeah. whereas obi-wan is like this is the teaser this is what we, you're looking forward to this and they're coming out about the same time so you'd expect about the same level of input and teasery i guess <laughs> yeah. of these trailers but i i don't know i'm very excited for the show but the trailer didn't do much for me yeah, actually, uh, Star Trek's coming out like three weeks earlier. So really, right. it should be a little bit sooner. I kind of think they waited to put it out until they're like, that Kenobi one's on the way. Let's wait and try to undercut <laughs> it. I don't think they did, but I think that's what the attempt was. Right. Going into this, I think we all know Star Wars has that you know Disney budget. Which do you think is going to get more attention? Which one deserves more attention? Ewan McGregor reprising his role as Obi-Wan is much more iconic than Anson Mount reprising a shortly played role from a season of discovery as captain pike um, yeah. i'm glad that we're getting pike back in general and i'm yeah th this goddamn story needs to be told in between the cage and the lead up to uh <laughs> the original series actual series premiere i want that story more than i want the obi-wan story right but yeah and, and another thing to kind of keep in mind too going into this is there's a level of uh so Pike knows his future. He saw it in Discovery season two. And so going forward, we see a little bit of hesitation in him. It's probably why he's on horseback and kind of trying to escape the world is because he knows that he's going to be severely injured. And there's that whole gap there that we're going to be learning about is becoming a captain, taking those risks, knowing that the next turn can be the turn that ruins your life. And that's something that no other captain has had in the past. We, you know, Picard and Jane Way and all. They're pushing the limits, but thinking that their crew can pull through. Pike knows that at one point they won't. And he's going to figure that out the hard way. Uh, Jonathan, do, which one do you think is going to have more longevity? The Kenobi series or Star Trek Strange New Worlds? That's hard to say. Because like you're saying, Disney has a ton of money. So they could do a lot more marketing. And also Star Wars, I feel like, is a lot more 
mainstream, like non-geeks can totally watch it and like it because it's just, it's war with flips and lightsabers and stuff like that. And Star Trek is much more geek and like, you know, has a cult following and all the Star Trek fans are all for it. And some of the, you know, traditional sci-fi or non-Star Trek, non-sci-fi fans uh, still will watch it too, but not, not nearly as much as Star Wars. Um, so I do think, unfortunately, I think Star Wars will have a lot more, uh, attention to it, like a lot more views, but, and I mean, right now Disney's been putting out a lot with the, uh, the other series that has been on. Yeah. Like Book Boba, of Boba, Boba Fett. Fett. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, yeah, Mandalorian. So it's like, they already have kind of a lot going for them in the mainstream. Star Trek is great and it's growing and expanding and that's really good for us, but I don't think it's getting the same attention as Star Wars is right now. The recent Star Trek shows have been good. The recent Star Wars shows have been great. So Fair. that's where I am seeing it. Uh, yeah, Star Wars has been killing it lately, whereas Star Trek is kind of not really pushing the boundaries much. Yeah. I would say normally Star Trek fandom will carry the show for longer range. Like we'll be talking about Star- this Star Trek season longer normally than you know a brand episode of, of Star Wars. But... In recent years, Star Wars is forming that kind of Star Trek fandom because of The Mandalorian, because of The Book of Boba Fett. So, uh, and Ahsoka coming up soon, which again is another one that's going to bring in Admiral Thrawn and there's all kinds of cool stuff coming. So, we're, we might be seeing a shift in Geekdom too, to where the more loyalist fans might be shifting towards Star Wars. And it's because Disney's done everything right. They just have done it all right. So it's Dave Filoni and John Favreau. They're carrying it. They so are. Yeah. And you could feel the strokes come in. Like when you're watching, I mean, it's very obvious in Bo- Book of Boba Fett, but you're like, this is the John Favreau episode. This is, you know, when Dave Filoni was in charge 100% because, yeah, Mando walking in right away. So it was really great. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and shift gears now. We're going to be going over to the DC movies. Everything at WB has been, re- has been shifted around and moved. This is because of COVID protocols. The, C- the uh, uh, special effects team has had to shift their schedule a lot. And of course, DC movies have a lot of special effects. So I'm going to shoot through these dates real quick. We have Aquaman 2 and Flash getting moved to 2023. Shazam 2 moved to December 12th. Black Adam, October 21st now. Super Pets, July 29th. I got to admit, though, to be honest with you guys, now that the Batman is out, I don't care about any other DC movies coming out. Is there anything here that you guys are really excited about? I do want to see Black Adam, but yeah. the rest I'm not too excited for. I mean, I might see him later. I don't think I'm going to see any any of this as like premieres. <laughs> I think I will just because of the podcast. <laughs> That's what, <laughs> There's a whole other okay. level of that, but yeah. I'm excited for uh, Black Adam and like I want to be excited for Aquaman 2, but I'm still a little disappointed they kept a certain person in there. You can say her name. Yeah, I am too. Um, Amber Heard. Right? It's Amber Heard. Yeah, Does I yeah, say that right? Amber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I am as well. Um, and then we have, you know, Super Pets actually looks pretty decent. I will admit, I'll be watching Super Pets. So <laughs> that's pretty cute. Uh, but yeah, those are all coming out at a later date. Let us know what you guys are excited for. Uh, we do have some more of the Batman spinoffs announced, though. So Gotham PD is the only one that's not being done by Matt Reeves himself, the director and writer of the Batman. The ones that are done by him is the Penguin spinoff, which was previously announced. So we're going to be seeing Penguin following the movie and his, you know, rise to increase in power. And now we're going to have a series focused on Arkham Asylum. Now, Arkham Asylum is kind of this staple of the Batman, you know, ethos and where villains go and return and form new plans. 
what kind of series can be created out of that? What are your thoughts, Kevin? That's a great question. Um, I honestly don't know because I don't know too much about the the Batman villain lore. Yeah. Um, or that style of TV show really at all. Um, is it going to be like a super villain focused show? It will be super villain focused, but yeah, there's a, there's a whole level of like, will it be like American horror? Will we get, you know, what kind of show can they tell from there? And I, I'm hard in a dream world. I'm thinking an anthology series, like where every episode we get a new villain. Uh, They could be amazing like Joker, or they could be like no, nobody like condiment King. And we're just kind of getting a little bit, you know, backstory behind them and their motivations going forward. I think that would be kind of neat. But when I hear this, I start thinking, I start thinking of uh, Batman as being like Jack Bauer in 24 and that all the villains that get together, kind of just the nameless, whatever the villain of the week is or the villain of the day, I guess, in 24 is (laughs) that doesn't appeal to me much, but I'm probably way off base, too, so. I would like to see, I think we, I know we've seen it in something, maybe in the, the old Gotham series, where Arkham Asylum is very corrupt, obviously, and it's kind of being ran by um, like politicians and, and other like psychotic villains. Uh, so they're not necessarily taking the people and curing them. They're actually taking people who are mentally unstable and kind of uh, turning them into villains, like experimenting on them and you know okay this guy can shoot electricity now and we're gonna shake him up and then release him and they're just kind of feeding you know these villains into the city so i don't remember how i I know that's a very poor explanation of the the story that's from gotham and the comic books and i think his name is dr strange actually is the villain that that (laughs) runs uh arkham and does that um yeah 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 so i'd like to see something like that with that kind of you know, corruption in the background and, and they're really manipulating the city and yeah. taking good people that are crazy and turning them into villains. Something to back up that idea, Jonathan, is in the movie, they make sure to mention that it is actually uh, Martha's side of the family that had it. You know, so there's kind of like this idea that maybe Bruce Wayne's going to want to reform the system. And so you'd have mm-hmm. kind of this new opposing force trying to break that corruption that's there. So that's a really good idea, Jonathan. The only thing I really want to see is uh, pretty much based off that the video game. Like, oh god, yeah, dude, if- <laughs> that would be so fucking crazy to see that. But that'd be, yeah, I think that'd be just too big, and then they would have to like budget cut, especially like get some. Not you can't get Robert Patterson. Well, uh, he could pop Patterson. up. He's gonna be popping up in the Gotham PD one so far. Um, that would be awesome, or like. I just want to be able, I just want to see more villains. Like, I want to see yeah. Mr. Freeze, you know. Definitely. I want to see yeah. a new Bane or even Poison Ivy. Would I would love to see her again. Like, I haven't seen her in, since Batman Returns. Returns, yeah. Yeah. So There's so many DC, like, so many amazing Batman villains that got such a bad burn in the 90s. And it's like, mm-hmm. for the mainstream people that only watch the movies, they're like, oh, but, you know, I don't need Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's like, no, Mr. Freeze is fantastic. Trust me. Uh, so yeah, and yeah. actually in the like social media verse, uh, Mr. Freeze is the most trending villain. So you're not the only one there, Daniel. Everybody's wanting him back. So we might see that as well. Um, but yeah, as, as much as as much as DC does a good job with their villains and they you know their heroes too, but I don't I don't want to get back to the the routine where it's like okay, you got to bring in another villain. He's got all these bad things he's doing. You got to find a way to overcome him and then wash him out and move on to the next one because it's just rinse and repeat. Right. Like it's nice to see more like a a detective crime show, like an ongoing story where 
where uh, Batman is following, you know, uh, a gang or something like that and trying to break up not just a person who has a special ability and they do these things and we're going to take them down, but the city as a whole, you know, not, you know, not so rinse and repeat. Yeah. And I think that becomes stale pretty quick. And we're seeing that a lot. I mean, like there's always that Marvel fatigue that's starting to build up and things Mm -hmm. like that, where, you know, you got to break that somehow. But I felt like, I mean, we've all seen Batman at this point. I think all of us here, uh, right, Kevin, have you seen the Batman? No. Okay. So we won't go too, too much, but, uh, (laughs) But yeah, there is a level of like actual detective work instead of mm-hmm. it being a superhero movie. It's very little superhero movie actually compared to normal Batman. So, but yeah, I think we got some really good options here. I think I've said it before, but I would very much be interested in Batman if it's a lot like Daredevil. And I'm it's, by the sounds yes. of it, it kind of is like this. Yeah. This more recent Batman is is closer yeah. to the Netflix Daredevil TV show. So. I forgot we mentioned all pushing buttons. You know, I'm gonna mention it here too, Kevin. Kevin basically <laughs> has never seen a Batman movie. Essentially. Wow. That's wow. the right reaction over there, guys. Yeah. So oh, we're going to be watching God. those. I, yeah. I've seen, I've seen Batman Begins in theaters, I'll add, and The Dark Knight I've seen, but that's essentially it. At least you've seen a couple of the better you see, ones. Yeah, you yeah. See, as long as you've seen Dark Knight, I, I can, that takes a lot I of sting I like Batman of Begins it. better than Dark Knight. Okay, well, then you just took the sting, you, the sting's right back. <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. <laughs> and Keith I know Ledger you went was great, but I love Liam Neeson, so. You, exactly. I knew you were going for Liam Neeson. I knew it. <laughs> what a badass right there. I uh, know. All right. So Amazon is developing a God of War series. Uh, I have a little bit of a concern here because, first off, I love Viking shows. I'm currently watching The Last Kingdom just came out on Netflix, the last season of that. Fantastic. But are we getting too many Viking shows? It can be this phase, this trend that's coming in. Kevin, do you think we're getting too many Viking shows nowadays? Is that what this is going to be? Or is this going to be based on Kratos as the Greek no, god? It sounds like it's going to be based off him being a Viking. Oh, then yes. Yeah. <laughs> 100% too many Viking shows. Yeah. It's yeah. still at early talks, but yes, that's what it sounds like so far. They should start it with his origin story, I think, and then eventually move on to him in the the Norse background. Like, start off with him uh, fighting Ares. Like that that's got to be the first season, right? If they're doing a TV show of God of War, get him to be the God of War that he was yeah. in the game. Uh, then why even call it God of War if they're not even gonna do like God of War stuff? Like, why are they gonna make it a Viking series? Seems kind of. Well, in the 2018 God of War, he's there's not only is there a God of War out there, like especially right now, the sequel coming out, hopefully this year, he's going to confront the Viking God of War um, to help him, actually. Well, help him. I think he's going to turn on him. Anyways, nevertheless. Um, so there is that. But the, the thing, too, is the 2018 version of God of War was far more approachable and actually broadened the franchise quite a bit. I think that we've kind of and, and we see that with gaming now, too, where it's like, Back in the day, a game would come out, like say in 2005, a game would come out and the gamers were very familiar with those characters. Nowadays, if a game is big enough, like 2018's God of War, the character supersedes the video game world and starts to enter in the conversation on other places, especially with social media. So I think the 2018 version of God of War is more accessible to everybody, as in everybody recognizes that character more than they do classic Kratos in Greece. What I think they should probably do, um, you mentioned other video game TV shows. The Witcher was a prime example of them not just telling one story, but telling multiple stories with flashbacks and time skips and stuff like that. There we go. If they're telling this father and son story from the 2018 God of War game, 
they could easily go back and do uh, stuff from Kratos's past while he was uh, in his feud with Ares and then his feud with Zeus and implement that into a story where he's feuding with uh, Thor, Odin or whatever. Um, it it kind of have that intertwine just both sides of it. So they're not completely forgetting the origin of Kratos and that story mm-hmm. while still respecting that the mainstream of people that are going to be watching a, a hypothetical show of this are more familiar with the 2018's God of War than the original series of yeah. games. That's a really good version of it too. That's kind of what we're wanting out of Strange New Worlds, right? The return back to a different adventure every time. I like that version a lot. Plus, the 2018 version of God of War, the Viking version, his sequel that's coming up hopefully this year is the last version of that God of War. We're getting a different one again after that. So who knows what we're going to get? There's all kinds of speculations. I would really like one based off Indian culture, whatever. They're pretty much doing like Assassin's Creed. That's what they're... That's what I was going to say too, yeah. it sounds uh, like. Oh, yeah. So, wow. Man, I'm tired of games like that. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like, I don't know. I'm like kind of tired of these like companies doing this. I mean, it's yeah. it's easy money, honestly. Yep. Stay, sit, keep it with the same rigging and just, you know, change the colors around them. It's unfortunate. It's an but that's- easy way to change the type of story they can tell or to, they don't have to write much backstory to be able to get a new story from a new setting than they would if they kept the same setting. Yeah. 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 I agree with Daniel. It's it's getting old. Yeah. Yeah. Check out Madden 2023. <laughs> Coming out soon. In Assassin's Creed, wasn't there a Viking one? Or no? Yeah, yeah the most recent one. one. Oh, yeah, it's the one that okay. I'm playing. Yeah. I'm playing it right now. <laughs> Fuck. Well, if God of War decides to go Assassin, <laughs> just like. <laughs> I would. It, you would be surprised how much those two could cross over so well right now. I'm like, there is. Yeah, because yeah, Assassin's Creed is getting very mythological, mythological right now. And uh, they would just be such easy crossovers. Yeah. Who makes God of War? Santa Monica. Sony. Oh, there we go. Sony. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Ubisoft so. makes Assassin's Creed, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, for enough okay. money, Ubisoft will do anything. So they could probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on. We got Dr. Disrespect, a famous Twitch streamer. Uh, he's now finally settled his very long lawsuit with Twitch, and they both come to agreements. Neither side won, was what the clarification from Dr. Disrespect is. He also clarifies that he's not returning to Twitch. So, Daniel, we're going to lean on you. Can you first off describe who Dr. Disrespect is and this controversy that's going around him? Should he go back? Why did they kick him out? Why do you think they kick him out? Uh, Dr. Disrespect is a pretty much streamer who was a pro Halo player back in, okay. the, back in the day. I'm not sure what his origin was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he's won like two two titles or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, I actually watch him. I I follow him on stream. I love like I love his character. Like he's yeah. hilarious, serious a lot of times, and then uh, pretty cool, pretty mm-hmm. cool guy. I would love to meet him at one point. But um, note to Doctor Disrespect if you're listening. I know, right? <laughs> uh, pretty much. Uh, yeah, there was. He signed a contract with Twitch, and then a fat contract when Shroud and Ninja went over to Mixer, and then after mm-hmm. that. All of a sudden, that he got banned, permanently banned from Twitch. Like he couldn't get on, do anything anymore. He lost all his followers, everything, and then uh, there was no, no reason for it. And usually, Twitch lets people know, like, "Hey, this guy did something." 
that's kind of the the going like speculation rumor thing is that you sign up sign somebody to a big contract, you could pay them out, or you could go for the bigger names. Ninja specifically is a real big name, but you got that big contract with not disrespect. So what do you do? You invent a rule he broke up. He broke. Don't tell him or anybody, which is very very outside the norm, and just get rid of him, avoiding yeah. paying out that contract, which is so shady. Let's not forget Twitch is owned by Amazon. So it's not like they're outside of that uh, kind of strategy. Um, yeah, it's so hard, though, because like Dr. Disrespect, he's gone in trouble for saying things in the past. But then, yeah, he's not like a great guy. I will say my, I know you're a fan of him. He's kind yeah, of got the edge lord thing going on with yeah. him a little bit, you know? Yeah, but he's hilarious. Like his character is just fucking hilarious to watch. That's why I, I watch him. But. Why hasn't Twitch said anything? And why is this like no party admit to any wrongdoing and the case is done? It kind of seems kind of strange. So that I think I can explain. That's common in any settlement. So if you go to court and the judge says you were wrong or you were wrong, then somebody was wrong. If you take a settlement, then that's Twitch saying, hey, here's a million dollars. We just need you to shut up. You're making us look bad. Like here's a million bucks. You know, we're sorry that there was a disagreement between us and you we didn't do anything wrong because we're we want everyone to understand we're great but we just want to pay you because you feel you know offended or crossed by us somehow and we're sorry that you feel that way it wasn't our fault that you feel that way but we're going to give you money so that you can you know replace the damages of your lost followers or whatever so they're paying him for his cooperation and silence and yeah. in return nobody's at fault supposedly yeah but he lost a lot of money because he yeah. can't even do the the twitch tournaments anymore because a lot of them are sponsored by twitch surprisingly so it did did kind of hurt him uh yeah. but viewership the only one out of ninja and shroud is fucking shroud's doing really solid right now yeah playing lost ark well that's the part that's the hard part with uh you know we saw this with uh chatman as well where um the streamer life is a very hard life people think that like oh i want to grow up and be a streamer i want to play video yeah. games to make money God, no, you do not, because it is, first off, you're always on. And at post, as podcasters, like, this is very, very light mode for us, but there is a level of, like, when I'm talking into this mic, it's not 100% me, let's be honest, right? And just because, like, sometimes I got to be excited about a DC movie that I'm not necessarily excited about. You know, today we're very, very clear that, like, all right, Batman's done, I'm good now. You know, there's a <laughs> level of, like, hey, hey, there's this new Batman movie or whatever, you got to, like, little... But Dr. Disrespect, he takes that and he puts his literal costume on and lives that life all the time. So we've seen it like, again, I saw this great article from uh, Vice. I love Vice. But they were talking with uh, Tapman about how I eat real quick, like for 10 minutes, my dinner, and then I got to get back on a stream. And he streams for hours on end. Because if you stop for a second, if you fall out of the vocabulary of Twitch streamers, you're done. You're just done. And yeah. we're seeing that with Ninja. Ninja, who is like one of the most famous, you know, in the mainstream anyways, streamers, is fading fast. PewDiePie was another one. Fading fast. And uh, so it's hard. When Dr. Disrespect got kicked off his platform, it's like, hey, buddy, you just got a big hit. And now you can't, where people normally go for their watching, you can't be on there. How has he done viewership? Has he stayed pretty steady or is he now like yeah, second Yeah, he's class? always steady at like yeah. uh, 25 to 30,000 views on on YouTube. But Twitch, like signing a contract with Twitch when you're like super big, 
supposedly you're like you have to be on a lot of the time yeah and it's a like, lot of requirements that's why a lot of people are like twitch streamers are trying to switch over to the youtube just because of how much it puts on you yeah the streamer from my understanding youtube actually doesn't have like requirements because they're yeah. not trying to like Twitch's only thing is streaming. YouTube has YouTube, like it's fine. Yeah. And this, this the streaming aspect of it is a feature within it, so it's fine to like not have you on all the time. So I've been hearing that it is a lot more user friendly. It also isn't like high risk reward like it is over on Twitch. Twitch is like if you're big, you're rich, you know. So it's kind of like yeah. one of those things. Yeah. I think the streamers need to come together and make a streamer owned platform so that it's not like Twitch is making millions of dollars off of. This one guy who happens to be popular right now, and then as soon as he's not, he's not making any money. But Twitch continues to profit off of the next guy that comes in. I would know? give it six weeks before something like that is extremely taken advantage of by a jackass that is just <laughs> is bigger than or thinks he's bigger than he is and yeah. takes off with money and screws all of his streamer pals over. I don't think that would work very long. There was there was actually talks like after that whole di- Dr. Disrespect thing happened, like he was going to have his own platform to do this. That. But... Nothing ever happened, but um, yeah, uh, it, it's kind of sad not to know like what happened. I'm hoping yeah later on we find out. If we get any follow up, we'll make sure to mention it. Let's go ahead and do our last topic of the day. We're going to be talking about a bunch of new announcements from Blizzard. Uh, we're going to be talking about World of Warcraft. So they got a whole new announcement schedule. We're going to be talking about what that means for gaming. I do want to uh, first mention they are still arguing their court case for sexual harassment. They still claim that they're not at fault while accepting fault amongst employees and in the PR world, they are still fighting the case saying they did nothing wrong. So they are at odds. So before you know, we talk about anything, I want to make sure that that is out there and transparent. Um, also transparent is, yes, I'm back on World of Warcraft. And <laughs> there was a level of guilt there, I do admit. I know Daniel's been God mentioning it a few Dan. times. <laughs> Thanks, well, Daniel, for that. I appreciate God that. Damn it, Dan. I, can't I, I find it. it, I will say, I will find it interesting in the, because you know, I returned, I was like, I wonder what it's been like since I've been gone uh, with the community. And come to find out, a lot of guilds were destroyed. There was a big max, mass exodus from the game when everything first came out. So there was actually a huge impact really? amongst the community there. So I thought, I thought that was very interesting. I didn't know that at the time because um, I had left. So I was looking from the outside. All right. So let's look at the schedule we have now. And normally they do like a big BlizzCon, right? And now we're looking at uh, a new expansion reveal for Hearthstone on March 15th, which is the like card game version of World of Warcraft. Uh, we have March 18th, the Arena Championships will begin. April 19th, expansion reveal. And then uh, in May, they're going to be revealing a new mobile game dealing with Warcraft. This is a whole new thing because like the Arena would normally be held during BlizzCon. Uh, expansion reveals is all on one big day. But we've seen this new shift to this virtual announcements. Which version do you prefer? This like trickle-down mode or a big announcement day? I enjoy more of the big announcement do- a day because, mm-hmm. like, you just spend all your time just watching or enjoying yourself, just seeing everything. You get to see the arenas. You get to see all the, the new content. And are you talking about more, like, going there or just virtual? Like, Well, as just, like, as a gamer who's like, yeah. hey, I'm excited to see what's coming out next, would you rather them announce everything on one day or just, like, oh, on this day? Like, how Nintendo's doing that? On this day, they're going to be talking about the new expansion. On that day, they're going to be talking about the new arenas. For me, I just want it all in one day. Because yeah. especially, like, I work weird schedules. So it'd be just nice. Like, I could just call in this day. And then I could to watch That's all this crap 
uh, in one day. Yeah. This separating everything. At that point, it's like, why even do it? I don't know. It's kind of like the the argument between whether or not somebody wants a whole season of something on Netflix to drop in one day right. or if you want it week by week. Um, I, your mileage may vary. Uh, I personally am of the when it comes to TV shows, I want it week to week because I want something to look forward to. And I think Blizzard might be doing that here, trying to build up to the big. You said it was a mobile game announcement. Yeah, yeah. Is they that? don't want it to flop the way the Diablo Immortal announcement flopped in the middle of a bunch of other stuff because they wanted that game to be big or they still want it to be big. And I think they're going to try to hit that with this mobile Warcraft game. So, yeah, it might work out. I don't think it's going to because like what Daniel said, there's a lot of people with different schedules that just want all the announcements at once. And then whatever podcasts they listen to, wink, wink, hint, hint, can give you all the news right after that. So I think. They might be shooting themselves in the foot or they might be, you know, doing what Blizzard does and just setting a new trend. Yeah, this could be a new trend. It could be a, a distilling of something we've seen from like Nintendo has been doing these things. We're like, hey, but and PlayStation actually this week as well has been like, hey, in two days, we're going to be doing a small event. where We're going to announce a new game and some other small indie stuff um, and crazy small events. I think the benefit to that is that you are now keeping a more of a level um mentions you know in, in trending on social media i think that's kind of the key is now that's staying for longer instead of this big burst it's like having you know a lot of sugar at one moment you're high for a second and then you flatline this is actually keeping those levels a little bit more steady jonathan do you think this is the way that video games should be revealed from here on out i i think no i don't think so i think having the big convention it gets a lot of excitement a lot of people go there they spend a lot of money but I, I see, I get that, you know, hosting a convention costs a lot of money, a, a ton of money to actually put it together and a lot of time and work. So doing a virtual event, I'm sure is like a major fraction, a tenth or less of the expenses. So they could do a virtual event for all these individual items instead of putting them all in one. They, you know, they get you all hyped up and say, hey, this is this one game we're working on. And you have full focus from the people that are participating on that one thing. Yeah. And they can explain it in better detail and show you trial runs and different stuff like that. And then, okay, come back next week. We're going to do another one. And they get your full focus and attention on the next thing. So rather than a whole bunch of things and you walk out of out of that event only thinking about the one that you were most excited about, the other five were just kind of white noise at the event in my mind. So I think for them, it's better. They'll probably get more sales by making a, a virtual event for each thing individually if they have the clout to bring people to see it. Yeah. If they aren't, you know, if, if people aren't excited and they don't, you know, drum that up and people to, to have them attend, then there's, they're not going to see it. They're not going to know about it. They'll just hear it from us. So it'll kind of lose that anticipation. But going to a physical convention obviously gets people super hyped. They're mm -hmm. there. They're, People are dressing yeah. up. They're selling all kinds of merchandise. A lot of cosplay, you know, there's, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of uh, you know energy in the room. So that that helps a lot. So I think they're going to go this route in the future because it's a lot cheaper for them. But I don't think it will benefit the fans uh, in any way. Um, I think for a business aspect, this is the better way, especially with a world that's so much more bite sized. Um, people are just consuming things in just a headline, let alone reading the article kind of thing. Uh, there's a reason we're on TikTok and we're not making articles anymore. So, you know, uh, that's just how the world works now. So I think this is how it's going to move forward. I will miss 
that energy that's at BlizzCon, meeting up with friends and just being in that room. And you're right, Daniel, the way you said, I'm going to see it because I have to consume everything here because I need these memories will last forever and I need to consume it all. So you're 100% right, Daniel, on that. Even the Arena's Championship, I'm a lot less likely to watch it when I used to actually be there and watch it and wait for the confetti to fall. You know? Yeah. Like when I, the, the energy, especially when like the, the expansion dropped, like yeah, that yeah. energy in that room, we're all just Ooh. screaming. That was crazy. And then, yeah. especially like you said, the arenas. Like, I was never a fan of arenas. I yeah. do like Sea but I was never a big fan. We were all just hyped on that oh, final yeah. match. And it was th that feeling. That's what's going to be disappointing. And I'm hoping they go back to uh, like having like an event. Like, we go. I, there's a lot of people who are like I can't get into esports I'm like go to a live event once yes you will be into totally esports different. it's hard to shake that feeling just watching like France versus North or South Korea and just being like I'm team France so hard right now and like just rooting for all kinds like there's things that you could do in Overwatch and it's like I can't do that like that guy's so good at it like I've <laughs> seen it done I just can't and yeah so it's really hard the, the, the energy in the room is hard to capture but yeah all right, guys, that is it for us this week. Please go ahead and check out all of our other podcasts this week. We have a new Pushing Buttons, new Trek Freaks. Um, we have a new interview. We're having to reschedule it uh, due to some stuff with the interviewer, interviewee. But uh, yeah, it's all coming down the, the pipeline. We have a brand new sloop coming out this week. I'm really proud of our new sloop format. Uh, it takes a lot more work on my end, but I am very proud of it. So please check that out. Um, and then, yeah, we have new shows in development, too, that I cannot wait to share. Uh, but uh, that interview for the new shows is coming up very soon, too. Thank you guys very much for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Geek Freaks Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Geek Freaks Pod. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. You can email us. We have our Patreon and a store. All those links are in the description. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.